we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 23rd, 2009. And today, we're going to be discussing the, uh, I guess the title could be, The UFO Phenomenon is Growing and Not Going Away. Is it the next great challenge for the church? Which I know has been kind of a partial theme of a lot of the studies that I've done, but we're going to... hit some other points that we we haven't hit before regarding this subject, and um, it's building at a fever pitch, and it's something that the church needs to have an answer for. Now, before we get into that, I just thought I'd read you a couple uh, praise reports that we got. Just This was just uh, yesterday, uh, August 22nd, and I, I get a lot of emails uh, that are you know, very, very positive, and, and I thank you for all those that have sent, sent those in. Um, but, but these two, uh, one was from Natalia, and the message was, just quite simply, I am saved. I listened to all of your teachings and stupidly left the salvation one until the end, and after listening to them twice, you helped me finally understand the good news of the gospel. I have thanked God so many times for you, I think he's bored of hearing. I don't want to say that in, in a bragging way. I'm just reading you the thing there. But I just want to let you know that the ministry is bearing, praise the Lord, it's bearing fruit. And uh, this is the, the most uh, important fruit that it can possibly bear. Uh, salvation. There's there's no more important thing on the planet than, than that particular issue. I, I had this one also from the man that puts, uh, Christian brother that puts up our... Uh, teachings on YouTube, and he said, I just got this minutes ago, thank you, thank you, I subscribed to your channel after listening to the Twilight Exposed, that's where we uh, did the teaching on the vampire series, and um, she listened to Twilight Exposed about two months ago, since then I've been on Sermon Audio and downloaded all of um, his teachings, and also for the first time in 29 years picked up and finally read and understood the Bible. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, I just got saved. I honestly thank God that you had the patience to, to devote to making this channel. And yeah, that's Stephen, and um, my hat's off to Stephen, and, and my also, the, the new website that's went up, Tim has put that one up, the contendingfortruth.com. Um, Stephen's YouTube site is uh, End Time Delusions, the, the, the number one, not one spelled out, but one, End Time Delusions 1 up on YouTube, and there's a lot of other people that have also put up the uh, the audios on YouTube and on their own respective sites, so I want to thank everybody in, involved, um, I just pray it be done for the Lord Jesus Christ's glory, and that many would be saved, and that many would, um, you know, potentially not be destroyed for lack of knowledge, not, not taken unawares, not be ignorant of Satan's devices, as the Bible warns about. Um, and um, then she goes on to say, I am off to burn DVDs and CDs to spread the real good news. You have no idea how valuable your work on YouTube is. Thank you so much. So, yes, Stephen's devoted literally hundreds and hundreds of hours to this because YouTube has removed the, uh, the audios consistently, and uh, we've had two channels go down up there, and we're talking, you would already put in hundreds of hours on this, uh, but um, 
it's just amazing. And um, Tim, the the man that's put up our website now, ContendingForTruth.com, and I guess you can use www's also, also ContendingForTruth.com. Um, he's put in a tremendous amount of work as well, and that website's superb. And um, you know, I just want to praise the Lord for them and, and any and all people that have um, you know sewn into this ministry, uh, whether it be through prayer or donations or um, or, or you know, whatever you might have done, I, I thank you, and, you know, we, I can't do it without you, is basically, uh, it's a group effort, and we are the body of Christ, and like the Bible says, can the finger say to the eye, depart of me, I have no need, it, it has to be a group effort, I, I can't do it all, and I just thank God for, for uh, the body of Christ and the people that have come forward to help this, this effort, so, anyway, I just wanted to go over that a little bit, and we're going to get into the study now which, again, UFO phenomenon is growing and not going away. And I, the, the question poses, is this the next great challenge for the church? Now, this first article is from Gary Bates, and it's entitled, Global Warming Might Become an Alien Agenda. Uh, now, we're going to be talking today about the whole UFO thing, the whole alien thing, their message. We're going to be looking at many, many high-level politicians and people in military uh, to get some actual confirmation of really the coming deception and also um, how they feel about this particular subject. And you're going to be amazed at some of the quotes we go over today. Uh, Former presidents, many former presidents that have commented on this. And... um, it's going to be kind of a broad study in regard to that whole subject. We're also going to look at District 9, the new movie that just de- debuted this last week, and how this, how that actually fits into this whole conversation. So this is from Gary Bates. He's out of Australia. And uh, he said, We previously reported on the antics of Paul Hel- Hellyer, a former Canadian Minister of Defense in uh, Pierre Trudeau's cabinet and his belief in UFOs. He received a standing ovation during a speech to university students when he said, quote, UFOs are as real as the airplanes that fly over your head. I'm so concerned about what the consequences might be of starting an intergalactic war. And again, this was the Canadian Minister of Defense, former. Now, the next picture, and this PDF will be available, as pretty much all the studies I do. This will be available up on the uh, internet. The PDF will be in... um, What we're trying to do now is post them not only on Sermon Audio, but also on the contendingfortruth.com. I can put larger PDFs on the contendingfortruth.com site. So, I think last week was a great example of that, because there was a lot of pictures and graphics that I couldn't get up on the Sermon Audio one. So, this particular picture we're looking at um, we're, there's a picture of uh, Jimmy Carter, and during his election campaign, he mentioned that he saw a UFO, but he created no, but that it created no obstacle to him becoming a president. Now we're going to look at his exact quote, what he actually said about UFOs. So I guess the point is what we're trying to say here is that this is coming from the highest level politicians and people in military and people in NASA. We'll get to the quotes later. So it's pretty tough to dismiss it when 
you've got people of that level talking about this openly. Now, Heller, which is this Canadian minister, former Canadian minister of defense, is advocating what they call exopolitics, meaning that humans should publicly open dialogue with, with extraterrestrials who he believes have been visiting us for millennia. So, there's this big push on right now for what they call disclosure uh, and exopolitics. Disclosure meaning the government coming forward, the governments really of the world coming forward and say, hey, listen, we've been holding out on you guys. We've, been, we've had communications with these ETs for decades and um, we just didn't think you could handle it or whatever they're going to say. And that um, this exopolitics is basically the dialogue that we need to have with these extraterrestrials who, for the most part, what you're going to see from the quotes that are mentioned most of the, these high-level politicians, military, I believe they think that they're actually ultimately here to help us. Okay? And that's part of the big lie that, uh, that they want us to believe. Now, again, though, I've said this before, they're going to also, I believe, have the whole good-bad-alien agenda. It's like the good-cop-bad-cop. Cop. There's going to be a certain faction that stepped to the forefront uh, when this disclosure happens, and I believe they're going to say, well, these are the good guys, but then there's a darker side. And that way they can play one against the other, and it's just like the Hegelian dialectic. They still accomplish their goal. And to, to any of that, I would say they're all evil. And um, it's just one level of, of deception. Uh, some are more overtly evil. Some are that manifest or that channel or that appear the Nordics, for example, supposedly when they uh, manifest to people, these are the blonde-haired, blue-eyed ones that look like perfect human beings or whatever, uh, they tend to manifest in more of a positive way. Uh, and so people think they're good and they're here to help us. And they're, and they're always warning us against the bad greys and the reptilians. So just so you know, there's that, that card will be played as well when this happens. And the Nordics... Uh, from what I can understand, are the ones that will align themselves with people like Maitreya, these ascended masters that we've, we've reported about, which will also be part of this alien agenda that we're talking about today. If you don't know who Maitreya is, go do a keyword search on Sermon Audio under Scott A. Johnson for Maitreya in the search box or up on contendingfortruth.com and, uh, or up on YouTube for that matter. Maitreya, M-A-I-T, um, is really all you need for sermon audio. You just need part of the word. And if you do that, you'll find the sermons and the teachings and you can kind of access that to find out more about him. So, Heller is a true believer. Okay, and this is the Canadian Minister of Defense, former. And he is convinced that the events like the Roswell incident, incident of 1947 represent real proof that beings from another planet have visited Earth. As such, he extrapolates that governments must know more than that they're letting on. As bizarre and unbelievable as the UFO beliefs are, to some, 2007 represents the 60th anniversary of the Roswell incident. So expect a rehash of the well-worn claims that a flying saucer crashed in a New Mexico ranch and that the U.S. government whisked away wreckage of alien bodies to secret military installations. Uh, no doubt the media will take full advantage of this broadcasting by broadcasting documentaries featuring UFO experts 
who agree with the likes of Heller. And we need to be prepared with the answers. This is something, and this is the reason I've reported on so many of these topics that not a lot of other factions of, I guess you would say, the church have reported on. Um, One way or another, we're going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to have answers one way or another in the future. I don't believe that Hollywood has devoted the media, Hollywood, has devoted so much effort and time to this in the form of documentaries, movies, just so that we're going to come to a point where none of this is going to manifest and none of it's going to matter and it was just all proved to be a total waste of time. It's building. It's building. And movies like District 9 and the upcoming series V are more proof that it's building. There's more sightings that are taking place. There's more supernatural things. And remember, when the Antichrist comes and the false prophet, they are going to deceive the whole world through lying signs and wonders and miracles, whereby, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So the deception that is coming is going to be unlike anything we've ever known. I mean, if you think it's bad now, where do you see? And this is something God is permitting, as he said in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it's the, the strong delusion that God said he would send, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. So we need to make sure that, that um, this is part of that strong delusion. I believe this is going to be a main part of the strong delusion that the Lord is sending. And we need to be prepared with the answer. So regarding a plausible... Uh, Let's see here. Regarding a plausible theory of what the of what the gray aliens are, okay. Because I get this question. I've got this question a lot before. What do you think they are? Okay. What do you think they are? Um, now we've we've went over. We've done studies on Genesis six and the Nephilim of the fallen ones, which is where we translate the word giants from in Nephilim. Um, in Genesis 6, we've done whole studies on that particular subject that you can access. Um, Genesis 6, giants, things of that nature. But when I, I get the question about the gray aliens in particular, okay, this is a uh, something that I found which would actually explain a lot of other different things that are going on with UFOs as well. And this is from uh, ForbiddenKnowledge.com. And quoting from them, they say, even more ominous, rumors say that it... I'm trying to figure out this word that they've got here. Even more ominous, rumors say that today many... uh, Today may lead to new perils of tomorrow... Evidence is beginning to mount that many of the human and animal organs from mutilation victims are being used by an entirely different alien group than the reptilian Sararians, although the Saroids are apparently assisting in the construction of physical, biological forms. Now, when it says Sararians or Saroids, that's referring to the gray aliens, just so you know. Okay? Uh... Now, when they say mutilation victims, I'm sure everybody's heard of the cattle mutilations that take place and people that turn up and um, humans that they found that have been mutilated, okay? And 
this isn't something I'm just making up. This is something they have a lot of hard documentation on. There's a lot of cattle farmers out there, too, that would know what we're talking about if they've had cattle in, in, let's say, the wrong parts of the country or the world. And these cattle, they turn up. And, you know, I've seen, I can't tell you how many accounts of this where they turn up and all the blood's removed. And the cattle's, certain things are always typically removed from the cattle and or from the humans that this happens to. Like, usually it's always the reproductive organs. The rectal area is always cored out with laser-like precision, with the bu- with the blood all removed from the body, typically. Many times there are certain organs that have been removed. And... Um, there's been too many accounts of this to just say there's no validity about it, okay? And again, this is one of the things you can point to as far as the evil, malevolent, nefarious intent of the uh, uh, of these entities that are doing this. Because how could they be here for our good when this has been happening for decades and decades and decades, yet it's suppressed in the news, but it's a fact that it's went on and it is going on. Okay, why do they... Why do they need this? Okay, well, this kind of explains it. So, this going back to this quote, it says, Although the greys are apparently assisting in the construction of physical, biological forms, which can be, quote, possessed by an insidious group of spirit and or supernatural, non-physical entities known as the infernals. These are like demonic spirits, okay? Jesus said that when a and I'm paraphrasing here, but when a demonic spirit is cast out of a man or a woman, it's it goes, the way it's talked about in the Bible, it goes into dry places seeking a body that it may inhabit. Okay? And I think there's a big difference between demons and fallen angels. Fallen angels, obviously, are the third of the fallen angels that fell from heaven that followed Satan. Or at the time he was Lucifer when he fell, he became Satan. Whereas demons are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, of the giants of Genesis 6. We don't have any idea how many of them were roaming the planet at the time. But if you would think about it, the spirit of of one of these disembodied giants has to go somewhere. Now, you could say, well, yeah, they're all in hell. Well, we don't really know that. Because Jesus Christ himself said, that when these devils are cast out of a man, they go up into a dry place and seeking a body they may inhabit. He didn't say they go to hell. He didn't say they go to hell. Now, is Jesus talking about a fallen angel here? That doesn't seem to quite make sense. He didn't say it was a fallen angel. So just something to think about. I think that, when, and again, the book of Enoch gets into that. Now, again, I use the book of Enoch as a commentary. And there's only one book of Enoch that I recommend, and that's the one, the blue hardcover, that's translated by a Baptist pastor from Baptist Theological Press. And it's not the book of Enoch the prophet, because there's a lot of different flavors of that out there. And, um, like, the other one that I just mentioned is, is translated by a, an occultist. And I had a guy email me about this the other day, and I had to point out to him, well, listen, this is a totally different one. The one that I reference has or hundreds of King James uh, Bible cross-references that are right there on the same page when you read it. And it's a blue hardcover book of Enoch, and you can find it up on... Um, I don't advise anybody to go to Amazon because of um, they sell a lot of perverted stuff. 
that really, really supports the uh, abortion, sodomite agenda, and stuff. So I don't do any business up there anymore. But uh, you can find it up there, and it's the only one that's a blue hardcover. It's about $33. It's not cheap. But um, that's the only one I'll say. And I only use it as a commentary. And I'm not saying it's canon of scripture. But um, that gets into this particular subject that we're, we've just touched upon here. Because this is something I've had a lot of questions about. What are they? And so this goes on to say that basically the Greys are, are assisting in the construction of a uh, physical, biological container, if you will. What we would refer to as like an organic robot. Okay? And they're possessed, these, these containers are literally possessed by these spirits, these disembodied, um, whether we want to call them a, a demon or a disembodied spirit of a, of a Nephilim, the giants of Genesis 6. Not only that, there were giants, the Bible says there were giants at the time of Genesis 6 and also after that. And all we have to do is look at the promised land and see where all the giants that were fought um, by Israel when they went in to possess the promised land, all the giants they had to kill. So anyway, just something to think about. Going, going further, it says, The Leading Edge magazine, it's called The, the Leading Edge, uh, March of 1990, quoted one inside source that said, quote, These beings have a physical presence and generate biological structures that function as containers for them. The aliens manufacture containers for themselves. They fabricate their own bodies. How? Using biologicals gained from humans and cattle. I mean, why would they do this? Why would they go out there and have all of these cattle mutilations and all these people that have turned up mutilated? I've seen some actual pictures of this one guy that was mutilated in Mexico. And I mean, oh, you talk about horrific. And... They're obsessed with certain parts of the female, male, human, and non-human anatomy. What are they doing with this stuff? I've seen over and over again where they say they have to use human biological material to actually sustain themselves in a physical form. This is something that most people can't handle. This is something that the church, this is something that has been expounded upon in the media, the sci-fi community for a long time. But the church would, would typically remain totally silent on this issue. And to me, this is one of the best explanations I've seen. Can I be 100% dogmatic and say, this is exactly what's happening because I've been there and observed, you know, these greys and what they're doing? No, I can't do that. I'm just trying to give you some ideas of plausible explanations for what's going on here. It does seem to add up. There's got to be a reason that, or they, there has to be a reason why they're, they're so obsessed with... Um, particular organs, body parts, and biological fluids. So in essence, what the, what the greys seem to be is a type of organic robot that is typically used by some of the other, I guess we would call them uh, other 
forms of these demonic creatures, they seem to be at the lowest rung of the ladder, put it that way. They're the ones that are like the drones. They have like a hive mentality. And again, that's uh, that's that's more of a, a theory, okay? But I'm just trying to I'm trying to make sense of this subject because uh, I think this does about as good of an uh, of an explanation as anything I've ever seen regarding that. So let's go further. So there have been numerous investigations into Roswell, uh, including one arranged by another UFO believing politician. U.S. Congressman Stephen Schiff asked the fully dependent GAO or the General Accounting Office, that is the investigative arm of the U.S. Congress. He asked them to revisit the claims, and this report is actually freely available online. In addition, any ordinary person can access the U.S. government's archives under the Freedom of Information Act to discover the U.S. government's take on the events at Roswell. Okay, so you're not going to find out a lot of what the government's going to admit, though. From those, okay? This is something that's been very suppressed. Now, um, again, if you have, what you can do is go to the keyword search box on the homepage on Sermon Audio. Uh, we don't have everything archived on the Contending for Truth site yet. It's a great, wonderful start, but it's going to take a long time to get everything up there because the, of the sheer volume of content that we're dealing with here. But up on Sermon Audio in the search box on the homepage uh, for Scott A. Johnson, you can key in the word, part of the word Nephilim, UFO, part of the word for Maitreya. If you want to know more about these subjects, you'll see, you'll see all of the teachings I've done on this and the supporting documentation in a PDF format. So if we go further, let's read some notable quotes. This is from Harry S. Truman, former president, 1950, said, I can assure you that flying saucers, given that they exist, are not constructed by any power on Earth. Uh, the other quote, five-star general Douglas MacArthur, 1955. He said, quote, the next war will be an interplanetary war. The nations must someday make a common front against an attack by people from other planets, end of quote. That's Douglas MacArthur. Did you know he said that? Did you know Harry S. Truman said that? Well, here's another one. This is the first director of the CIA, Admiral Roscoe Henry Hillencotter. He said, behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officers are soberly concerned about the UFOs. But through official secrecy and ridicule, many citizens are led to believe that unknown flying objects are nonsense. That's what we're, that's, particularly in the church. The church is the most ignorant of all the factions out there on planet Earth. The, the so-called Christian church. Okay, I believe it's more like the Laodicean Church of Revelation 3 that's lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. They think they're in need of nothing, yet they're blind, wretched, weak, naked before God. They're blind. This is one of the things they're blind to. Oh, we don't want to deal with this. It might make our tithes go down. We might not collect as much money to build our empire and so that I can drive around in a nice fancy car. And I'm not saying all pastors are like that. I'm not saying that. I'm not making this blanket statement that every pastor that's part of a 501c3 church is patently evil. I'm not saying that, okay? But I'm saying a lot of them are, particularly the ones that are reaching the most people, like the televangelists and things of this nature. So, you know, they don't get into stuff like this because, number one, it probably scares them. 
number two, they're afraid how it's going to affect their their financial giving. They're not preparing the church. You know, they're not. They're not doing it. Uh, and this is the biggest deception that I see coming. This is the most supernatural, biggest deception, most likely in conjunction with this Maitreya character, that I see coming down the road. How it's all going to exactly play out, I can't say 100% for sure. I'm here to present you the research that I've found and try to back this up biblically. And you make up your own mind. You go out there and you do your own research. I've provided you the PDFs and, and the things that you can search with. You can go to the source documents and research this stuff, and see, I mean, I don't have a, it's not like I'm trying to get rich over here, you know, so, I'm just trying to give you the facts, and, and you can, you can do with that what you want to do, so, here's another quote, this is from the father of rocket science, Werner von Braun, in reference to, this is, quote, is in re- reference to the deflection of the U.S. Juno 2 rocket from its orbit, he said, We find out, faced by powers which are far stronger than we had hitherto assumed, and whose base or intent is at present unknown to us. In other words, he's saying, whatever power deflected this rocket in this particular case is far stronger than we had ever assumed, and whose intent is unknown. And then he goes on to say, more I cannot say at present. We are now engaged in entering into a closer contact with those powers. And in six or nine months' time, it may be possible to speak with more precision on this matter. Now, they a lot of people have said that in six or nine months, or when I get into office, or this or that, and it just never happens. Because they're overruled. They're outmanned. See, the black projects that we're talking about here in high-level government, this is stuff like Area 51, uh, S4, Groom Lake, the you know China Lake. These are these are areas where the the security clearance is above top top secret, and the people that are running those projects would, I believe, their power far outweighs what our own president thinks he might yield or wield. Okay, that's why that that when they get into office or if they try to expose, it doesn't happen. Okay, or it hasn't happened up to this point. There's going to come a day when it does. Now, notice he says, we are now, this is what uh, this rocket scientist, father of rocket science, Werner von Braun, this is a long time ago, he says, we are now engaged in entering into closer contact with those powers. Now, what you need to do is, you need to listen to the teaching I did on the Grenada Treaty. Grenada. G-R-E-N-A-D-A. Can, again, go up to Sermon Audio, key that in, or you can go up on YouTube and find it. Um, Grenada Treaty. There's very little that's ever been said about this, and the people that have talked about this, the only ones that usually talk about it are the ones that are that are um, not Christians. See, I'm trying to give us a biblical look at this. How can we reconcile the Bible in this particular subject? Is what we're trying to do. So, I did a I don't know, six-part series on this, on the Grenada Treaty. You need to see that. And um, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read you just an excerpt from some quotes that Phil Schneider um, gave in a lecture back in 1995. And we're going to talk about who he is in a second. But he says, back in 1954, 
under the Eisenhower administration, the federal government decided to circumvent the Constitution of the United States and form a treaty with alien entities. It was called the 1954 Grenada Treaty. Now, again, you're not going to look this up in the public register or something and find it, okay? This is all totally top secret, and I went into detail in that study with documentation to tell you what it is. So I don't want to go too far down that road today. But it said, this treaty basically made the agreement that the aliens involved with the treaty, who were these gray aliens, just so you know, that they could take a few cows and test their implanting techniques on a few human beings, but that they had to give details about the people involved. Now, it was around the same time that all of a sudden, everybody, all these people started to get abducted, and all of these cattle mutilations started to occur. And around that same time vicinity, hmm, is that an accident? Is, it, is that just by chance that all started happening, whereas before we really hadn't seen this? Now, regarding Phil Schneider, now this is from, this is an article on all of the high-level people that have come forward to the UFO community and tried to tell what's really going on behind the scenes, what's really going on. It's a whole article by Rents.com, and it's a laundry list of people that are dead who have tried to do this. Phil Schneider is just one of the many that have died under very mysterious circumstances that have tried to expose the subject. Now, these are people that actually been there, done it. I've never been there, done it. I've never been to an underground base and all. I've never had, you know, clearance to go into Area 51 and S4. I've never had any of that. Okay, but I'm telling you, the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. Well, there's way more than two or three that are establishing this. Okay, so Phil Schneider um, is the one that it's talking about here in this article. I'm just going to read you an excerpt, and it's called The Liquidation of the UFO Investigators. And it's, you know, it's a very um, well-written piece. It says, no one has shook up more of those who have been following the UFO fact and rumor um, the past years than Phil Schneider. Schneider died... January 17, 1996, reportedly strangled by a catheter found wrapped around his neck. Oh, I'm sure that just happened by chance. So he was strangled by a catheter wrapped around his neck. If the circumstances of, of his death seem highly controversial, they are matched by the controversy over his public statements uttered recently before his death. Now, if you go up on YouTube and you can Phil Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R, Phil Schneider, you'll see his lectures. You can actually see the guy. Okay? And um, I tell you, the, the man comes off, I believe, very credible. And again, these aren't guys that were coming out there trying to do book deals and get rich. These were guys that came out with this information and knew they were going to get knocked off. They knew they were going to get killed. But yet, it was important enough to them, and it's really sad as most of them weren't born-again Christians, you know, which is really sad because they come out here and they, they essentially have no regard for their own life. They put forth this information. They die under these mysterious circumstances and most likely they end up going to hell, which is really sad. Uh, I mean, obviously I can't know his state when he died, but I didn't see a lot of evidence there. Um, 
Dr. James McDonald tried to convince Congress to look into the UFO situation. He died after a shooting, supposedly shooting him, himself a short while later. Whereas Phil Schneider was a self-taught geologist and explosive expert, of the 129 deep underground facilities uh, Schneider believed the U.S. government had constructed since World War II, these are called DUMBS, D-U-M-B-S, Deep Underground whatever Facilities, I, the acronym there, but they're called DUMBS. But anyway, of these 129 facilities, Schneider claimed to have worked in 13 of them. Two of these bases were major, including the much-rumored bioengineering facility at Dulce, some people call it Dulce, Dulce, New Mexico. At Dulce, Schneider maintained gray humanoid extraterrestrials work side-by-side side with American technicians. In 1979, a misunderstanding arose in the ensuing shootout. 66 Secret Service, FBI, and Black Berets were killed, along with an unspecified number of, quote, grays. This was like this the battle of, the underground battle at Dulce is what this has been referred to as. There's a guy named Branton, B-R-A-N-T-O-N, that's wrote a whole, my word, it, it's, it's, I don't know how many hundreds of pages it is, but it's a whole report on this thing at Dulce. And um, if you just key in his, his name in Dulce, you'll find it on the internet. So, um, in this battle, it was here that Phil Schneider received a beam weapon blast to his chest that caused uh, his later cancer. He, he got cancer, and it also blew off much of his left hand. And he had the mangled hand to prove it. You see him on stage, and he's got like this stubby, stumpy, mangled left hand. And he said that's where he received that wound at this battle un that took place underground. From what I can remember about it, they were tunneling down. It was in the Dulce area, and they actually tunneled into one of these areas that were um, occupied by these devil, demonic greys. And this battle then, I believe, ensued as, re as a result of that. So, no, if Schneider is telling the truth, he obviously broke the code of imposed silence to which all black budget personnel are subjected. The penalty for the misstep is presumably termination. And this isn't information that they could have leaking out. Now, I think it's gotten to the point now where it's not as near of a big of a deal as it was back then. They weren't ready, they weren't near as ready back then to implement their agenda as they are now. So people are a actually able to speak out things now that I don't think they could have got away with 15 years ago. So, Schneider, in fact, maintained that numerous previous attempts had been made on his life, including the removal of lug nuts from one of the front wheels of his automobile. He had stated publicly he was a marked man and did not expect to live long, and he didn't. Some of Schneider's more major accusations are worthy of attention. William Cooper, the guy that rode Behold a Pale Horse, he was killed too. Now, he claimed to be a born-again Christian. But the thing about Bill Cooper, which would confirm of, of almost all of what Phil Schneider would say, the thing about Bill Cooper is he believed there was a good and there was a bad alien race. And from a theological standpoint, we're going to look at this later, there's a real problem with it. I don't believe that. I believe they're all evil. I believe it's good cop, bad cop. The good cops are going to be Maitreya and the Ascended Masters and the Nordics or whatever faction they come with, and the bad ones are going to be the greys and the reptilians and these types of things. It's the per perfect Hegelian dialectic. It's, it's what we already have right now 
in the world, we've got America versus Russia, or, or Israel versus Iran, and the, all these things, okay, we've always got all of these conflicts that are taking place, that are actually generated through the media, through the Illuminati, this is the way they want to do this, is how they control people, through that mechanism, and it won't be any different with the next deception that's coming that we're talking about right now. So, um, going further, some of his accusations are worthy of attention. Number one, these are some of the things Schneider said. The American government concluded a treaty with the, quote, gray aliens in 1954. This mutual cooperation pact is called the Grenada Treaty. Okay, now what was done here? Well, it was basically, what did we get, okay, in this secret treaty? If you could boil it down, the one thing that we've always wanted to get is their, tech, their quote, technology. Okay, which hasn't been used to really, I don't really believe it's been used so much to benefit humanity as it has been the black projects that, that take place. Um, and he talks a lot about that in these lectures, Phil Schneider. What they got in return was the cooperation and the ability to um, abduct humans, uh, these catamutilations and things like this. Supposedly they were only going to abduct people and uh, uh, report who they did this to, and they weren't going to hurt anybody. They were just going to abduct them and experiment on them a little bit. Well, you look at the people that have been polled, Conservative estimates, 3 to 4% of the American population admit, now they're not going to come out and raise their hand and wave them and say, oh yeah, but if, when they take these polls, they, there's about 3 to 4% of the people that have said they've been abducted. That's millions of people. Okay, and many of them have had horrific things done to them. Um, some of the women have turned up pregnant, and then all of a sudden they're not pregnant, and they don't know where the baby went after they've been reabducted. I mean, there's all these horrific things, these experimentations that the, uh, you know, you want to see a really extreme example. There's that show Fire in the Sky. Oh, where that guy gets taken aboard that, that ship. You can't even imagine the terror that these things can inflict on people. And they feed off fear. It's just like the devil. The devil feeds off fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And perfect love casteth out fear. And the fear of man bringeth a snare. Okay? But the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, God. So this is all contrary to the word of God. But um, now we've talked about this in, in other studies as well. So, But going further... Um, that was one of the first things he's asserted is, and he's not—he's one of the many that have asserted this treaty took place. Uh, another thing he asserted was that the space shuttle has been shuttling in special metals, a vacuum, uh, and a vacuum atmosphere is needed for rendering of these special alloys. Thus, the push for a large space station. Um, number three, much of our stealth aircraft technology was developed by back engineering ET craft. We've got a lot of the technology that we have today, this technology explosion that's taken place in the areas of computers and so many areas. And what he's saying is a lot of that 
is an absolute direct result of technology we've garnered and gotten from these alien entities and by back engineering uh, some of the, the craft that have crashed or was might have been even given to them okay, through this Project Grenade as an exchange. Uh, number four, AIDS was a population control virus invented by the National Ordnance Laboratory, Chicago, Illinois. I've gotten into that in times past, how that um, that was most likely started through the Hep B vaccine of, I believe it was like 1978, and given to the gay male populations of Chicago and New York and I believe San Francisco. And that was where a lot of the, the whole HIV AIDS things actually started. Uh, Dr. Lynn Horowitz gets into that. Now, he's super new age. So I would seriously caution you. I don't, I don't normally direct anybody in his direction, but he does have a very, very good presentation called AIDS Ebola. Um, it's Dr. Lynn Horowitz. And he does it. He has a lot of paperwork he's found that prove it. So, then number five. Unbeknownst to just about everyone, our government has um, a device that can actually create earthquakes. Now, I've given you on the Avion Flu presentation I did up on YouTube that you can go watch for free. I give you the exact legislation where they admit they have had the, techno the capability to manipulate weather, create earthquakes, tidal waves, set off volcanoes since the early 1970s. They've admitted it. And this is from official governmental documentation. Uh, and you can access that up on the Avion Flu presentation up on YouTube for Dr. Scott Johnson. That's eh, about a third of the way into the presentation. i give you all this information. So, finally, Phil Schneider lamented that um, the republic that he loved no longer existed. He had become instead... It had become a technocracy ruled by a shadow, a shadow government intent on imposing their own views of things on us. Whether we like it or not, he believed 11 of his best friends had been murdered in the last 22 years. So he had 11 of his best friends were all murdered in the last 22 years. Eight of whom had been officially disposed of as suicides. This is typical. <laughs> when you start to study the subject, this is typical, the norm. If you've been in these projects and you come out and you try to expose it, it's just a matter of time. Unless the Lord were to protect you, it's a matter of time before you're a dead man. Uh, another guy, Ivan T. Sanderson, passed away very unexpectedly. He was the head of a major UFO paranormal group. Whatever we think of Phil Schneider's claims, there's no denying that he was of particular interest to the FBI and CIA. According to his widow, intelligence agents came through and searched his premises shortly after his death and made off with at least a third of the family photographs. Now, I'm assuming that that means he had photographs of possibly alien technology, things of this nature. So, I wanted just to kind of touch on that real quick there. Let's go back to the quotes that we were, we were quoting from. Uh, this one's from President Gerald Ford. And he said... In the firm belief that the American public deserves a better explanation than, a, than has thus far been given by the Air Force, I strongly recommend that there be a committee investigation of the UFO phenomenon. I think we owe it to the people to establish credibility regarding UFOs and to produce the greatest possible enlightenment of this subject. President Ford. Okay, this is U.S. Senator General Barry Goldwater. He said, quote, it is true that I was denied access to the facility at Wright-Patterson Air, Air Force Base in Daytona, Ohio, 
Because I never got in, I can't tell you what was inside. See, like I said, <laughs> a lot of our high-level politicians don't have access to these places. Okay? He goes on to say, we, we both know about the rumors concerning a captured UFO and its crew members. I have never seen what I would call a UFO, but I have intelligent friends who have. End of quote. That's a senator. Now, when they were referring to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, I believe this is the place where it was said that all of the wreckage from Roswell was taken. So, uh, if we go further, this is a quote from Ronald Reagan. President Ronald Reagan. Now, you can go up on the internet and watch this quote, as he says it, before the United Nations. Okay? And he said, in our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all members of humanity. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Now, he says more than that. That's just a partial quote. But that's Ronald Reagan. Okay. And if you think about it, yeah, I mean, everybody's... <laughs> You know, I'm Russian, I'm American, or whatever. If this were to happen in any type of scenario, you humanity would would quickly lay aside differences and um, band together. You know, so how that's going to end up playing out, hard to say. But you know, he does make a good point. This is Ben Rich, former head of Lockheed Skunk Works. Now. I think this is where he's the he's the head of uh, Lockheed Skunk Works. I think this is where all this top secret skunk information is stored. Just so you know, we've been doing research on skunks for a long time, and it's highly sensitive, and, and they uh, they house it here. And it's possibly where skunk apes are actually manufactured. Sorry. <laughs> kind of getting a little crazy here. But anyway, now if you ever go there, just so you know, if you ever go to this Lockheed Skunk Works, if you ever go to this facility, it's incredibly easy to find. As you can smell the place from miles away. Sorry. Had to throw in a little levity there. Anyway, um, so this is Ben Rich, former head of Lockheed Skunk Works. And um, Taylor didn't know if I was being serious or not. Like to throw in a zinger every now and then. Anyway, um, I always you know, skunk works, and I just I always thought that was kind of funny. Anyway, um, so this Ben Rich says we already have the means to travel among the stars. Now this is a guy that's the former head of Lockheed. Okay, I'm not just quoting from some. Let's say you could call him a conspiracy theorist or whatever. I'm quoting from. Very high-level sources here. I don't know how much higher we can get when we're, we're talking about presidents and the head of companies that actually are, are, are implicated in manufacturing uh, some of the stealth technology and things of this nature, like Lockheed. He says, we, have already, we already have the means to travel among the stars. But these technologies are locked up in black projects, and it would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. Anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. Now, you have to understand, when you see shows like Star Trek, and Stargate Atlantis, and these types of shows, and I'm not telling you to go out and watch all these shows, but I'm saying, 
the things that the things that um, Hollywood has created. He says anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. I've heard that the space shuttle is kind of referred to in the black op, black projects is kind of like the bucket of bolts that only idiots go up on the space shuttle. You know, it's like that. You know, the thing could blow up any second. It's 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 fueled by uh, you know combustible fuel. But they've got technologies out there available um, in these black projects, and these are these are things that are tested in in um, researched at a lot of these top secret bases that they can go out into space and they can they can go to other planets like nothing. It's and it's and from what I've seen in the black project, it's well known about. But um, that's obviously suppressed to the media or, or suppressed to us. He goes on to say there are two types of UFOs, the ones we build and the ones they build. Now, he would know a lot about the ones we build because he was the former head of Lockheed. The ones we build, the ones they build? Yeah. They meaning the, the aliens or whatever that they're in reference to. Or what they call or refer to as the aliens. Uh, going further, he says, we learn from both crash retrievals and actual hand-me-downs. So they've had many of these craft that they've actually retrieved. This is like Roswell, and there's been many others beyond that. Okay? Now, when he says, we learn from both crash retrievals and hand-me-downs, I believe what he's in reference to with the hand-me-downs would be via the Grenada Treaty, which granted alien technology in exchange for whatever the ETs wanted. And whatever the ETs wanted was us. And the cattle. And these types of things. It's almost like Satan had to have permission from our own government to come in and start doing these things. And yet, right around the time this treaty was signed, that's when the majority of all of these abductions started taking place, particularly in America, and the cattle mutilations. In that same decade around there. Something to think about. Something to really think about. These hand-me-downs, I believe, is is what the whatever the supposed greys would kind of, you know, let us have, and whatever they would give to us, they had something far greater. Okay, remember, the fallen angels, and um, in particular, have been around for thousands of years. They've had thousands of years to protect their home, their craft. They were, from an intelligence standpoint, infinitely superior to our, to our own. Uh, not infinitely, but superior to our own. And, you know, they have a lot of advantages. They don't have, a, they don't have to sleep. They, they can just be evil 24-7. And this technology is most likely spawned from this. Okay. So, as far as where it all came from in the beginning. The government knew, now this is back to this quote from Ben Rich, the government knew these points you just mentioned, and until 1969, took an active hand in administration of that information. After 1969, after the 1969 Nixon purge, Richard Nixon, administration was handled by an international board of directors and in the private sector. So, after 1969, what the government was primarily handling became more of a private sector 
international, meaning I believe more into the Illuminati, into the 13 families of the Illuminati, they're high-level people, were actually the ones that were overseeing this. Okay? So, if we go further, it says, it seems that it is difficult to keep a good ET down, meaning extraterrestrial, and that the former Canadian Minister of Defense, Heller, is only repeating the messages that the so-called alien visitors have been spreading. Since the rash of modern UFO sightings and alleged contacts began almost 70 years ago, that's a long time, supernatural entities masquerading as aliens have been delivering warm and fuzzy messages to those with a willing ear to hear. In the 1950s and 1960s, they were going to save us from nuclear annihilation. After this, the focus turned to the environment. In the 70s, it was pollution. In the 80s, they were going to fix the holes in the ozone layer. And now it appears that global warming is on their agenda. By perpetuating these themes, fallen angels are able to deceive people into thinking their intentions are benevolent when in fact they are really malevolent, meaning evil. Even secular Harvard researcher Professor Richard McNally wrote, or noted, that, quote, abductees also believe in their experiences so deeply that they display real stress symptoms similar to those traumatized uh, traumatized battlefield veterans. Because what they go through is so horrific, it's similar to what the battlefield veterans go through. It's probably worse in a lot of case scenarios. I mean, at least on the battlefield, you're there and, and you're fighting and you have, you know, whereas these people that get abducted, they don't have any free will whatsoever. They're helpless. You know, and you know it's no it's no mystery. These a lot of these people come away with these implants as well, which are like tracking devices and ways that they can monitor things. And they're ways that uh, they're a method of control. These tracking devices, these implants have been um, there's been X-rays taken. There's been um, a lot of documentation of it as well. Um, so that's another thing that they that they tend to do. So again, what we're seeing here is that the channeled messages and what these alien entities are telling mankind many times when they're getting abducted is, you know, you guys are messing things up so bad through the environment, through pollution, now through global warming, that we're going to have to come back and straighten it all out. And in fact, guess what? We created you in the first place. You're a little science project, and uh, we're going to have to come back to police that science project because you've done such a poor job. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. An Ottawa newspaper reported that Heller, quote, is demanding governments worldwide disclose and use secret alien technologies obtained in alleged UFO crashes to stem climate change. So this Heller guy uh, is bought into the whole global warming issue. And he's demanding... I mean, these people are desperately demanding that governments worldwide disclose and use these secret alien technologies to stem this climate change, okay? It's always going to be like, it's always going to appear like there's some really great reason to do this. Heller confirms this by saying, quote, I would like to see what alien technology there might be that could eliminate the burning of fossil fuels within a generation. That could be a way to save our planet. Oh, Mother Gaia. Well, we've already got the technologies. We've already got free energy technology and technology they have with magnets and all kind of technologies 
beyond even solar and wind that could make fossil fuels obsolete. And, and, but see, it's all being suppressed because that's how they control us. They control us by us having to put gas in our car and, and a lot of other things that are supposedly we're dependent upon. I saw a documentary the other night that talked about, oh man, it was a good one too. It wasn't from a Christian source, but it was from um, the UFO hypothesis people. And it's called, I think it's called the Aztec something. It's up on YouTube. You can watch it. It's about 10 parts. And they got into how in the early 1900s there was all of this collusion with Standard Oil, uh, with Rockefeller, and um, Ford, of the Ford automobile fame, and Firestone who made the tires that were put on the cars, and even Thomas Edison to bring us in to combustible gas engines, whereas Nikola Tesla, who was also an occultist, I'm not saying he was perfect, but then again, so was, so was Edison and these other guys. Okay, Whereas Nikola Tesla, though, came along and, and developed the AC um, motor and, it, and was actually in the process of developing electric motors that cars would run off of. And that that technology was just totally shelved in, in, in that he was discredited in these types of things because there was no control in that. If you have an electric car that you can literally, I don't know how he was going to power it exactly, whether he had a battery system or what, but if you have some something like that, then you're not dependent on fossil fuels. Then you don't have to keep going back to Big Brother to say, oh, we need more gasoline. They don't want that. They want us to be dependent upon them for every aspect of our life. And that's why it's good now that, you know, if you learning this information, knowing what's coming, it's always good to go and, you know, think about food provisions, water purification, uh, things that you might need in the future if we can't go to the grocery store. Okay, so that's a whole other subject, but uh, let's see here. If we go further, there are three major factors at work that create such rampant beliefs in extraterrestrial life. Number one, because it is presumed that the chance random processes of evolution occurred on the Earth. It's presumed. It is then extrapolated to repeatedly occur, be occurring elsewhere in other parts of the universe. Okay, so, hey, if, if evolution happened here, well, it's got to be happening in other parts. Of, these are all presumptions, okay? And, you know, hey, I mean, I know that we evolved from this rock because there was the Big Bang and then that exploded and then there's this rock and it formed into Earth and that the rains came and they rained on the rocks for millions and millions of years form this primordial soup. I mean, A, it had millions of years to brew. It was done. It was ready, right? Form this primordial soup, and out of the soup, uh, a lightning bolt hit it one day, and out of that soup then this amoeba formed from the lightning bolt in the soup, and then that amoeba went into the ocean, and eventually it turned into a uh, fish, and then that fish eventually turned into an amphibian, and that amphibian eventually grew legs, kind of got on dry ground one day, decided to kind of, you know, come out of its shell. And, hey, you know, it kind of went on ground, and then eventually that thing turned into maybe a gopher, and then maybe a buffalo. And then eventually that turned into a gorilla, and then eventually uh, some type of monkey-like gorilla thing. And then eventually that turned into Piltdown Man and Neanderthal Man or Cro-Magnon Man or whatever. And then we came. We evolved from that. I mean, that's not too much of a stretch, Right? 
It takes no faith to believe that. I mean, it takes way more faith to believe that <laughs> than to believe a holy God created the earth in six days and on the seventh day rested. I mean, I mean, to me, that's much easier to believe. Okay? They have to exercise a lot more faith than I do to believe that crazy theory. That is just insane. But this is because people assume that these chance random processes of evolution happen. They have to be occurring on other planets. Therefore, now we can justify other alien races. Okay? Uh, the second point that create rampant beliefs in extraterrestrial life. Um, most science fiction stories perpetuate the idea of strange creatures evolving on other planets. I mean, that's the sci-fi, which is the number one um, entertainment genre of today. Number three, here's the third thing that does it. The UFO experience, or experiencer. Most people have seen strange objects, strange objects in the sky or have had strange, supernatural, and many times horrific encounters and abduction scenarios with ETs. I mean, that's their reality. That for, for a non-Christian, that's much more of a reality to them than the Bible is, because they've experienced it and went through it. What is that? That's their heart. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. They've had the supernatural, fleshly experience with these demonic and or fallen angelic entities posing as aliens, and that's more real to them than the Bible. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That their heart is deceiving. Jeremiah 17, 9. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12 and 16, 25. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs uh, 28, 26. So, they're trusting their own heart. They're trusting their experience. Their feelings. And remember, if you trust your feelings, your feelings will fail you. I mean, it, particularly if you're if you're not a born-again Christian and you're not grounded in the Word of God. So, point three is the real key in understanding this phenomenon. There are thousands of sightings and strange experiences that are difficult to explain unless you are wearing spiritual glasses. That is, using the Bible as a filter. And again, we need to be able to explain this, particularly if things start really going down and manifesting like I believe they're going to in the very near future. I mean, do we just sit back and do nothing as Christians? Is that what God would call us to do? Well, I have no explanation for any of this. I mean, okay, let's say Benjamin Krem's scenario where there's going to be these, these gigantic starships that are appearing in four quadrants of the earth. He went up on George Norrie the other night and was telling them this. You know, this thing with Maitreya has been a long time coming. How do we explain that as a Christian if, we, we're, if we're not educated on this subject? I mean, there's a lot of things the Bible didn't get totally 100% specific about. The Bible doesn't tell us that there's going to be cars that, that run on, you know, four wheels and rubber, and they have a combustible engine. And you, he did, The Bible doesn't give us every little tiny detail about future events. Okay, but we know that cars are a reality. The Bible says, Jesus said, as, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, that's the days we're moving into. 
The greatest time of deception the world's ever known. The time of the strong delusion. The time, if it were possible, even they shall deceive the very elect. That's the time we're moving into, and we're already here. It's going to get worse, though. So we need to be able to explain these things from a Christian standpoint. Can you imagine how many people could get saved through this? When things start going down? But yet, let's look at conversely, nobody knows about the subject, nobody's educated in it. These things start to go down. Can you imagine the falling away that's going to occur? Well, that's another thing 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says was going to happen prior to the arrival of the Antichrist and in, in, um, afterward, I believe, as well. It's going to be falling away. Okay, of, of people that say they're Christians and this isn't going to fit into their little paradigm when this stuff starts going down. They've never been educated on it. The pastors are going to, they're not going to know what to do. They're going to have to either get up to speed really quick or they're going to have to go cower in a corner. They're really not going to have a whole lot of choice. Because one way or another, we're all going to have to deal with this situation and this reality soon. I mean, unless the Lord takes you out of here. Okay, prior to this stuff going down. We're all going to be faced with this at some point. To me, it, just, it isn't discouraging whatsoever. It confirms what the Bible says. And I've done several studies where we would prove that. So, once again, um, what one thinks about, about one's origins will shape one's worldview. Okay? And thus, evolution becomes a religious belief system. It is. It is a religion. And it takes much more faith to believe in evolution than it does in Bible-believing Christianity. Okay? Uh, other sentient life in the universe is expanded as part of that belief system. It is a pre-belief based on evolution that fires up the imagination. Uh, politician uh, Heller's experience is not isolated. There have been several well-known identities that have been had UFO experiences. Take former U.S. President Jimmy Carter, who although claiming to be a born-again Christian, said, here's what he said, quote, it was, now this is Jimmy Carter, it was the darndest thing I'd ever seen. It was big, it changed colors, it was about the size of the moon. I don't know what he means exactly by that, maybe in comparison to the moon up in the sky, I don't know. He said, we watched it for ten minutes, but none of us could figure out what it was. One thing's for sure, I'll never make fun of people who say they've seen unidentified flying objects in the sky. If I become president, I'll make every piece of information this country has about UFO sightings available to the public and to the scientists. I am convinced that UFOs exist because I've seen one. End of quote. There's another quote for you. I mean, it's pretty tough to say all this stuff I'm talking about today has no merit and it's just fringe kooky. It may sound like that, but look at the people. I've quoted more more U.S. presidents than I've quoted anyone else. Kind of tough to say there's no validity here. So such is the nature of deception. i tell you what, let's go ahead and end this part right here and we're going to get into the next part. We're um, kind of shift gears a little bit here. We'll see you at the next part.